Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 100, if you can believe it. It's, well, it is what it is. Here we are. I debated a lot about what I would put in this episode, and I've come to the conclusion that I'd like to do a bit of a series. I'm enjoying the series um, where there's sort of a beginning, middle, end, or an arc. I mean, it's easy when it's a book, obviously, where we can go through the chapters together, but I'm liking that structure um, to really dive into a particular topic. And what I'd like to do this episode and over the next few episodes is take a look at Questions I get asked repeatedly in coaching sessions, principally so that I can send these links to people that are asking them before they ask, hopefully, or as an additional supplement. Because in coaching sessions from the International Coach Federation, what I should be doing is listening and not giving advice, right? A coach really, and this might be a great place to start um, for this episode is, okay, What's the difference? The difference between coaching and let's say therapy or consulting or counseling is really that, well, there are a few differences. One, we're focused on the present and future. So it's present and future oriented, which means that we're looking at where are you today? Where would you like to be? What are the gaps? How might you walk toward your vision? Don't have a vision? No problem. Let's clarify it. So if you're unsure of what you want next, that's a perfect reason to show up to coaching and say, okay, here's what I'm kind of thinking about. Here are the things that are important to me, or just, I'm not really sure what's next. I want to unravel this in my mind. So those are perfectly good reasons to show up to coaching, to identify what is your future vision and mission, and then to plot a path toward it. One of the core things, and I repeat this so regularly that it hurts almost, is we're really focused on what's in your control. And so the storytelling, the narrative about your past, while that has an absolute place and importance, it's not really what we're focused on in coaching to make coherent your story from when you were four to eight to 15 to 20 to 30 to 40 and like all these phases of your life that's that's really well served in a therapy setting to help you create that cohesive story and narrative of your life. What we're focused on in coaching is what's in your control, which I explain as the stories you tell yourself and the actions you take. That's what's in your control. Your external circumstances are not always in your control. Very rarely do you get to decide everything that happens around you. But what you can control is your response, or if you don't respond at all, um, and the stories you're telling yourself about your situation. So when I get somebody in a session that's giving me a lot of context here, I'll, I'll give you the context. It's like, okay, we have, let's say, 45 minutes or 30 minutes in a session time or an hour, whatever we have for our session you already know your background and your context. I don't need it to be able to ask you powerful questions. And I think that's an important thing because there is in the beginning of a coaching session, something called building rapport. When I have 45 minutes with someone, I, that has to be quick. 
because we want to we'll focus on where are you and where are you headed and making sure that you clarify that and that you have a game plan. In the first session, I'm also really looking at, okay, what is the arc of this relationship from a long-term perspective? So some people show up to coaching and they'll do just one session or they'll sometimes show up or intermittently show up and that's fine and, and use sessions as you wish. But what I see works best for people is when they really do set that aim whether they walk in the door with that aim in mind or we unravel it together in the first session or two, but have an aim <laughs> because then you have an arc. Okay. We're going to work together over the next six months or nine months or a year or three months. And here's what I'm working toward. Here's what it is that I'd like to complete. Of course, once you complete that, if you want to continue coaching and set another aim, that's perfectly reasonable. And I do that regularly with people, but if you show up to sessions without any real aim, and then you have six sessions meandering across different topics, and we don't identify a theme, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But the level of effectiveness for you to look back and say, okay, I'm reaching my goals. Well, we didn't identify any. So, so how can we, how can you put coaching up against a, against your goals and say, this isn't helping me if you haven't clearly identified what it is that you want. I mean, you have to identify what you want and then deal with, again, the stories you're telling yourself about that. Where are your limiting beliefs? Where are you telling yourself, no, I can't do this. This is too hard. This is going to take too long. This is going to be too much energy. I don't know what I'm doing. This is too expensive or I, I don't have the money. I mean, all those limiting beliefs are going to get in the way. I talk about exactly that in my book as well. And I think any coach that you speak with, right, will tell you that we really are working on transforming perspectives, transforming the stories that you tell yourself as fact. They're often not fact, they're often fiction. And you need to come to terms with yourself and reckon with yourself about, okay, what is the truth of the situation? And oftentimes it's both things not either or. So they're not mutually exclusive. You can, for example, I, I just had a client talking about, okay, I want to do really well in my corporate job. And I also want to have this side hustle. Does the side hustle have to be exactly like the corporate job? You know, I have all these connections in the corporate world that I've been building over the past 20 years. Do I need to stick, stay in my lane? And I mean, that's a limiting belief, right? If you're starting a side hustle to do something to solve a problem that you really care about, that's what a side hustle is for. Now, of course, if you want to further what you're doing in your work, then you can either add projects on within your job or of course, start a business that's related to the work you already do. I've seen lots of people build consulting businesses or different course coaching businesses around what it is that they've already done in their career. But if you're really if you're starting a side hustle out of a problem that you see in the world that you believe needs to be changed, then no, you don't have to be, you don't have to have the experience and you certainly don't have to stay in your lane if you want to start something new. That's a limiting belief. And so you can definitely work through limiting beliefs within coaching by looking at, okay, is this fact or fiction? Is this story real what parts of these story this story is truthful and what parts of it aren't <laughs> um so definitely looking at how you talk to yourself throughout the day is probably the biggest 
piece of mindset work that I do with people. And this is entry level to five years of experience to VP, partner, CEO, about to be retired. Um, It's at all levels. You have to be in relationship with the dialogue in your mind. And there's an episode um, about internal family systems that you can find. It's a couple episodes back. I can link to it um, where we talk about this in depth because I really appreciate internal family systems when it comes to helping us to objectively look at the different scripts or stories or parts of ourselves that we have. And so what I'm listening for in a coaching session is, okay, which part of you is at the wheel? Who's driving the bus? And ideally you would be in relationship with all parts of you. And then the core part of you, the confident part of you, the calm, you know, collected part of you, that's the one that's calling the shots. Now what happens is the manager wants to call the shots and make sure everything's perfect. It can be kind of perfectionist tendencies or very regimented. The exiles are the parts of you that maybe are shameful, guilty, scared. The firefighter part of you takes over when the exiles are overwhelmed. And so the firefighter will put out fires. It's emergency oriented. And so some of us really live in the firefighter mode a lot of the time, putting out fires all day long, running away from fear. And so with neuro-linguistic programming, we're looking at, okay, what are the words somebody is using within a session? And I'm listening to how you're speaking about your situation. So your situation in and of itself is not as important as how you speak about it. Because how you speak about it is how you're thinking about it. And that's the benefit of coming to a coaching session or any situation where you talk something out in the way that you have it in your mind, because then you lay out your thoughts and then we can work on, okay, well, is it really true that you don't know what you're doing? Or when you start, when you sit down and think about it and lay out what's asked of you, can you figure it out? And it's like, no, well, if I give myself a bit of time, I can actually sort through this and figure it out. Okay, so then you're constantly learning and growing and you're willing to figure things out. The biggest one I get, oh, this probably needs its own series. I mean, there are books written about this. People come to me about this all the time. It's, I think I have imposter syndrome. I'm not confident. I want to be confident. And I mean, I'm not here to discredit anybody's work in this. This is just my experience with this topic. But I have to say, you feel imposter syndrome or you feel that way because of the stories you tell yourself. And if you don't have experience in something, then you're not meant to be confident in it. Especially if you're at the, if you're at the beginning stages, doesn't matter your age, but if you're beginning to learn something and, or beginning a, a new job, or you're in a new situation of any kind, new relationship, of course, you're not confident because you're not on sure footing. And if somebody was pretending to be confident in that situation, I mean, not only is it deceptive, but this fake it till you make it idea doesn't really work. What does work is orienting yourself, your brain, your thoughts toward what you do know, and then a willingness to learn. Those two really help. So it's not, I want to be confident in giving presentations. I hear this from people at all levels. I want to be a really good public speaker. 
but I don't really do any presentations. I'm much better one-on-one when I write a speech, it feels cold. It feels, uh, you know, that the story's not coming across and it's like, well, okay. So if you know how to talk one-on-one, if you feel like you're really great in one-on-one conversations, or you really like writing stories or wherever you feel you do have competency, do the task in that way, write the speech for the hundred people or 50 people or a thousand on your team or where, however you're speaking, write it as if you were speaking to that one person, if that's your level of confidence and then go out there and speak to that one person. I mean, when I'm doing this podcast, that's what I'm doing for better, or for worse. I mean, maybe there's a better way to do this, <laughs> but from what I'm learning as I run this show, When I speak to, as if I was in a conversation, I can think of the clients that I'm referencing as I'm talking to you, or when I'm telling a story about something, I'm telling it as if I'm talking to one of my best friends. That's how I approach this show. I don't write a script. I don't, and everybody's got their own way. So this way works for me. And it gives me a level of confidence to be able to share my stories. It doesn't necessarily make me feel confident about podcasting. Because, you know, I haven't done thousands of episodes or thousands of hours, so I'm I'm not there yet from an hours of experience perspective, but I have had lots of one-on-one conversations in my life, and I do feel really confident about that. So if you can, rather than try to create confidence with something that you don't have any experience with or aren't very confident about, if you can focus on the things that you are confident about, you do know how to do and bring those skills into a new situation. That's where you can bring genuine confidence because it's based on a competency you actually have already. And that's where when people are self-assured, when people show up in a situation and seem like, oh, they could tackle anything. I trust them to handle a situation in an emergency or an ambiguous situation. It's because they're resourceful. It's because they are self-assured and they know how to play to their strengths doesn't mean that they know that situation. They're relying on the fact that they can figure it out and on their past experience that they do have. And even if you're just starting out in your career or a particular role, you do have past experience of some variety, whether it's at school or a past past role. I mean, that's what we're relying on for confidence, right? I've seen this before. I can do it again. So what happens when you haven't seen something before is you're saying, oh, I've never seen this before. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm nervous. I'm not confident versus, okay, what parts of this situation have you seen before? How can you use your existing skill set to approach this situation? What skills do you have already? And so we're really thinking from a resourceful perspective rather than looking at all the things you don't have or don't know or haven't seen before. And so this is just one big perspective shift. Another one is, okay, I don't have to have it all figured out. Like I said, right? So the first one is, okay, what do you know already? The next one is, okay, well, I don't have to have it all figured out, but I am willing to learn. And every single session upon session that I chat with people where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'm willing to learn and and grow. And yeah, I don't know all the answers, but I could, I'd be willing to figure it out. And I I can figure out who to ask or what resources to read, or I can look into this. So every, you know, literally 100% of the time that I have a session and somebody comes in and, oh, I'm starting this new thing. I don't know. When we flip it to, are you willing to learn? 
it's like, yeah, that I can do. I can, you know, I mean, it might, it might take me a while and I don't have it all sorted out right now, but yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a key I, again. And again, I go through this and it's like, okay, so these are the stories you're telling yourself. If you're repeating to yourself, I don't know. I've never done this before. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. Of course, you're showing up in a situation feeling not very confident, unprepared, right? Um, similarly with the imposter syndrome, it's like, oh, I don't belong in the room. Well, sometimes, you know, it's okay. They're all men in the room. I'm a woman or it's all older people. I'm younger. Like we always find ways to count ourselves out. And I'm not saying that that isn't real and that there aren't issues that, that stem from differences with individuals. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, okay, but you are in the room. So what are the facts? So I really like to look at the the facts of a situation. And the facts are you're saying you don't belong there, but you're sitting in the room. It's like, oh, I, I don't know how to navigate this meeting. Well, but okay, but you're in it. You've been invited to it. So that is a fact that you are meant to be in the room. If you're invited and you have a seat at, at the table, then you are meant to be there. And I think sometimes the emotional really takes us over. And I get it. I mean, it's very human. I'm not immune to it. And I think in those moments, if we can reorient and say, okay, but what are the facts of the situation? Okay, I do have skills that could support this situation. I have been invited for one reason or another. Why, why, do, why do I think they've invited me if I'm not meant to be there? What can I add? What can I do as an observer if I'm not willing to speak up in the first meeting with a team that I don't know? So again, it's another perspective shift. I think overall, what we're doing in coaching is you're showing up with an aim. Generally speaking, it's tied to a feeling. I want to be more confident. I want to be more compassionate, more productive. Um, it's tied to something you want, a feeling you want more of, more secure, more stable, more consistent. And we map out, okay, where are you now? Where would you like to be? What would it be like when you're there? How will you know that you're there? So we look for some success criteria, right? Or evidence to let you know that you would be more confident, better speaker, whatever it is that you're aiming at. Okay, how will you know that you've attained this? level of success or mastery or competency. And then there's this create an experience section of a coaching conversation, which is, well, about getting to know just that, really refining your vision, maybe looking at different perspectives, looking at these limiting beliefs and getting it so that the stories in your mind are supportive and align you to not just that feeling, but then to take actions in alignment with that feeling and with that identity. So a lot of stuff that I do as well is at an identity level and definitely not talking about identity from the what's in the public discourse at the moment. What I mean is how you see yourself in an ideal sense. So I'd like to be a runner. Okay, what would a runner do? And this is a lot based off of James Clear's work, which I mean, is absolutely based off of Milton Erickson's work and others who have done a miraculous job of identifying how identity plays a huge role. If you don't believe that a woman is meant to be in the room at a meeting or in a certain industry, 
well, then it's a lot harder for you to go in there. But if you don't have that limiting belief, you're, you're in there. So the same thing, okay, I'd like to be a podcaster. It's like, what would a podcaster do? Okay. They'd record episodes. They would interview people. They would put out episodes. Okay. So I better go do that. And that's where the rubber hits the road and where a lot of people stop is in the negotiation with themselves. They say, okay, but I'm not a writer, podcaster, entrepreneur, leader, public speaker, whatever. I, I'm not that. And it's like the only, the only way to become something is to, I mean, become, be it. You have to do things that that type of person would do. And then that inherently makes you that, I mean, I want to be a writer. Okay. Are you writing every day? No. Are you writing every week? No. Well, I'm thinking about writing. Well, then you're a thinker. I mean, you know, you're a dreamer and we all have that part of ourselves. And that's important. The dreamer part of you gives you these ideas, but then the realist should come in and say, okay, so what can we do about this? And then the critic comes in and the critic says, you're going to mess this up. And then you say, thank you so much. Probably. How can I mitigate the risks of me messing this up to the best of my ability, given the timeline that I'm giving myself? And that's where a coach comes in is as well, which is to be an accountability partner for you to say, look, you said you were going to do this this week. What came up? And if everything under the sun is more important, then is this still important to you? And if it is, then let's look at the limiting beliefs that are stopping you or holding you back from doing these things. And usually they're just stories, right? Oh, I don't have a mic. I don't have the right equipment. I can't do a podcast. Well, you know, save up 50 bucks and go buy yourself a mic or record off your phone, which is absolutely good enough for the first few episodes. Or libraries literally have podcast rooms now, which is fascinating. But so, you know, there's a way around your situation if you get resourceful enough. But if your stories are counting you out of the situation, then there's no hope for you to figure out, okay, how can I get access to a mic or business funding or business help or support or, 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 right? Like it's once you ask yourself, how can I, the world opens up. But if you've decided you can't, then all of it's a moot point, right? You're not going to go down that line of thinking. So what are we doing in coaching? We're talking about where you are, where you want to go. We're focused on making sure that your thoughts are supporting the actions that need to be taken in order for you to become the person you want to be and do the things that that type of person would be doing. So we look at this from and this is called logical levels. There's the vision or mission. You have your identity. So that identity level, right? What would a runner do? What does what a successful musician do? Leader, author, podcaster, you know, fill in the blank. What would blank persona do? And then you get to go and do that. Then there's um, values and beliefs. So what are the core kind of values and beliefs driving you? Right. There are skills and capabilities. So what we talked about already, which is, okay, what do you know already? Right. And then, okay, are there gaps? What do you need to learn? If there are genuine gaps in knowledge, go great, go for it, identify them and learn them. How can you learn them? Then there are actions and behaviors. So what is it that you're going to do? Right. So, okay, right. Record the episode, build the business plan, talk to the potential client, go do some of the things that these people that you want to be like are doing so that you are that person. It's, it's literally that simple. And we get in our way because we talk ourselves out of it. And so 
being in relationship with that, the different voices in your mind that one is telling you, go do it. It's going to be great. The other one's saying, oh, it's scary. And it's trying to protect you. Get in relationship with those different parts of yourself rather than fighting against them or letting the scared part of you, you know, drive the bus. The core part of you needs to understand the different parts, take their needs into consideration, and then act accordingly as the one in the driver's seat. So if one part of you is always taking over, then it's it definitely needs to be a conversation between <laughs> an internal dialogue between the core part of you, the calm, confident part of you, and that part of you that's scared. And you want to be a friend to that part. You don't want to just lock it in a closet and pretend it doesn't exist. That doesn't work either, right? You have to actually acknowledge the fears and try to mitigate the risks and say, okay, look, you don't want to go and talk in on stage in front of a thousand people, 20,000 people. I get it. That's kind of nerve wracking. Okay. What can we do? Well, let's make sure we're really prepared. Let's practice the songs or the speech or the dance performance. Let's make sure that, um, you know, we've done all we can to prepare for this. And then in the moment, let's build in some support. Let's call a friend before let's call a friend after it's done. Let's set up a, I can journal after I really like to process how it goes, you know, however you like to feel supported, build in those support mechanisms for yourself. Be a good friend to that part of you. Don't just tell it to shut up and go away. So now you've got vision, identity, values and beliefs, skills and capabilities, actions and behaviors. And then the last one is environment. And so you do want your environment to set you up for success. But as we've seen, your environment is not always going to be optimally set up for whatever it is you want to do. So make it that. Use your actions and behaviors to change your environment to whatever degree that you can. And I'm not suggesting that you have to move across the country, but ma but maybe that's what it is. <laughs> but you get to decide, right? And so take an honest look at your environment. Is it conducive to you being the person that you're aiming to be? And if it's not, then you need to change the environment. If you're partying every weekend and that doesn't fit in with the person you want to be, then why are you at the bar or the club? If you want to be really great at playing basketball, why are you playing video games at home by yourself? Like you need to put yourself in the environments that are going to help you to succeed in whatever it is you're aiming at. So if you can get those all in order, um, what I've seen is that people really go, far with their goals. And it starts with how you're talking to yourself, the stories you're telling, and then the actions that are coming or lack of action that's coming out of those stories. So if I was to give you anything to walk away with right at this moment, it would be pay attention to how you're talking to yourself. Who is in the driver's seat? Before you show up to a coaching session, think about what it is you want. Show up with a bit of a plan. Hey, I'd like to work with you for six months, 12 months. I want to reach this stage in my business, or I want to get to this level, um, you know, complete this screenplay or, you know, so what is the kind of, even if it's not that the whole year is planned out every week, right? That's, you don't have to be to that. If you are fantastic. Some people love spreadsheets and plans. That's great. But if you're not somebody that's on the ground level, looking at every single task individually, and you're more of a dreamer, you're more at the vision level, that's fine. But do a bit of your own due diligence and, and planning work to 
look at what the goal is that you have, research some people that are doing it already and come with a bit of a plan. Here's what I think could be possible. Let me add a couple months extra because things always take longer than I think they will. These are the things that I think might get in my way or that are getting in my way already. Here's what I might like to chat about because you make your first session infinitely more useful if you do that. Now, if you're listening to this episode, you're probably somebody that already is thinking through what you want out of a coach, <laughs> but maybe not. And so hopefully this helps. And even if you are thinking about what you'd like and what you're aiming at, if you can go one step further and kind of map out a session plan for yourself, that's really useful. Okay. Here are the different things, the deliverables that I need to achieve. Think of it like school, you know, you get a curriculum and you have different lessons and things you need to hand in. And so having themes to each session really helps. And people come to me and say, oh, but aren't you going to tell me that? It's like, I can't plan where your roadblocks are or what you need support with. That's where people, that's where we lose people in a conventional school setting, right? When there's a set curriculum and there's no room for variation based on the student, we get into problems. So not to say that this is a student teacher relationship, it's more of like a thinking partner relationship. And so I'm not here to tell you how to drive the bus. But I am here to question, okay, who's in the driver's seat? Where are you going? How are you getting there? Are you taking <laughs> enough breaks? Are you enjoying the scenery? Is this meaningful to you? So many people have these aims. Oh, I have to be the CTO of this company by this time. And it's like, why? So also I do a lot of asking why, why is this important to you? Why are you aiming toward this in the first place? Why are you doing this? People come to me about motivation. It's like, you don't need motivation when you feel like, you know, this needs to be heard. Like there's, it's a need. It does. It's not like this nice to have thing. I think people that have that fire within them about something, it's it really is a fire. And it's not like a, Oh, it'd be nice to like have a podcast. Like, I don't think it's nice to have a podcast. I started this because I wanted to regain my voice because I felt silenced and I felt like I didn't have a forum for me to get the word out there about things that are on my mind that I believe people need to hear. This isn't my personal diary. This isn't meant to be me just talking about what I think serves me. I already know what I'm thinking in my head. This is meant to serve you. This is meant to be people come to me with questions. People come to me interested in things. I want, I need a forum to get the word out about them. I need a forum to research and get to know people and do great interviews and learn from them. I'm learning so many amazing things from some of the interviews I've run recently. They'll come out in a little while. So please look out for them. They're, they're just brilliant. Um, but so I needed this, this forum and I needed to figure it out. And so it wasn't, Oh, am I motivated? It's like every day that I'm not recording an episode. I feel like not that I'm behind, but I certainly feel the it's in my mind as something that I need to do. And from an importance perspective. So if motivation is your thing, which is another one I hear a lot, why is it important to you? Why are you doing it? If it's not important, if it doesn't feel like a need, then don't waste your precious time on it because you have limited time. So with that, I think you've gotten enough for now. If you're setting up a session with me, then I'm really looking forward to chatting through your story with you and seeing where you might change it, change the actions you're taking and support you toward really bringing your vision for your life to reality. That's, that's what I love to see. I love to see when people take steps and their life actually changes it's um it's really gratifying work. So I'm very much so looking forward to seeing you in a session soon if you have one booked. And if not, um, there are ways to do that in the show notes. So you can absolutely book a session 
for multiple sessions with me if that's of interest in the show notes. And I just really hope that this has inspired you to realize that it's it's all about how you approach things in life. It's all about perspective and coaching can help you to really look at the perspectives that are guiding you and, and maybe upgrade them to be more supportive. So if you've liked this episode, please do share it with a friend, with someone else that's thinking about coaching, someone that doesn't know about coaching and might like to, to get some information. I, I'd love to, to share this message because it's these concepts. I find myself repeating them regularly. So I hope they've been of use to you today and I'll see you next time.